0: The great outdoors can help us build many virtues, and our guest today, Michael Boucher, is here to tell us about the importance of outdoorsmanship for boys.
1: Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host
0: is Lisa Mladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, bestselling
1: author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections.
0: Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and we're talking today with Michael Boucher about the importance of outdoorsmanship for boys. Michael Boucher is an avid outdoorsman with decades of experience teaching and counseling youth. His new book, which I'm really excited about, The Snipe Hunter's Deadly Catch at Muskrat Creek, and I have a link for that in the show notes, follows three teens as they use their outdoor skills to survive an unexpected adventure, learning the importance of honesty, perseverance, and forgiveness in the process. And I have a little personal bio here from Michael that I want to read to you because it's lots of fun. Okay, so here's what Michael says about himself. A tough but beloved nun assigned a Michigan history lesson. Father Jacques Marquette was paddling a canoe, founding Salt-Saint-Marie, discovering the Mississippi, and dodging headhunters. I heard the call of the wild. I've paddled in Minnesota's Boundary Waters, Ontario's Quetico Wilderness, on four Great Lakes, completed Mountaineering Survival Training, Northwest Outward Bound School, and with my daughter earned the Presidential Fitness Canoe Award, paddling 250 miles. I'm smitten by the majesty of God's creation and the peace and serenity of Thoreau's Walden Pond. After college and graduate school, I was a counselor for Catholic Family Service, college instructor in sociology and psychology, a school social worker, and an advisor teaching assistant for Michigan State university i backpacked through 10 european countries visited lourdes with my wife catherine and worked habitat for humanity projects twice in armenia in autumn my two daughters and i enjoy watching my three grandchildren play soccer and football what a beautiful biography sounds like you've had a very engaged adventurous life michael welcome to the program
1: well thank you um you mentioned uh, <clears throat> the origin of my uh, interest in the outdoors. It actually does stem from my high school experience and the fact that I had wonderful uh, faculty members at St. James High School in Bay City, Michigan, turned me on to Henry David Thoreau in, in Walden's Pond. And um, I, I I read him. And I, of course, had the luxury of spending some time outdoors in, in Michigan. But uh, he also taught uh, in his work um, something that stuck with me, and that is that if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live a life that he has imagined, he will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. That never left me, and Thoreau's love and experience in the outdoors uh, was part and parcel of my learning. So later on I got a chance to uh to spend more time in the outdoors and when I heard about the challenge of uh outward bound I was immediately drawn to outward bound and and really the history of the origin of outward bound is is exactly what is part and parcel of the uh the teaching that I think uh, is very uh helpful for for young men. Um, you have to remember that th- this happened in uh, World War II. Kurt Hahn was the uh, founder, and uh, British seamen were dying at, at sea. Uh, once the Germans sunk their boats, they got into uh, lifeboats. But uh, what they discovered was that the older sailors were surviving, and the younger ones were not. And it had to do with psychology. It did not have to do with physiology. The youngers should survive. So. They put together a program that endures to this day and is also copied by other uh, outdoor learning uh, schools, um, such as the National Outdoor Leadership School in in Wyoming. But, uh, you know, there were six Outward Bound schools when I was in college. I think there's more now. Um, But they teach things that I think are very helpful uh, for uh, lifelong learning. And one of them uh, is to, to dare, to take a chance. He who dares wins. That's actually uh, a model for a number of uh, of military units. But you have to dare in life in order to uh, make progress. And you cannot be intimidated by fear, fear of failure. Uh, I often taught my students about failure is is a path. It's on the path to success and thomas edison made that you know very clear i really liked his his attitude when he was asked about the fact that it took a he had a thousand efforts a thousand failures in the eyes of the reporter to invent the incandescent light bulb and he corrected him and he said no there are a thousand steps to the creation of the light bulb so that's something to keep in mind you dare you're not intimidated by failure and you dare greatly and you're going to accomplish more in life that's Mm -hmm. that's been my observation and it's also been something that um people uh, have come back to me my students and told me that you know they set higher goals and i and i recall one U.S. Marine who came back to me at my high school 20 years later and uh, and looked me up to tell me that he remembered one thing that I had just mentioned in class. I gave him the story later, but um, it had to do with taking a chance. And he kept trying to advance in rank and he did. And he was then an officer, but he didn't start out as an officer. And I also had a fellow that went into the army. And uh, he just remembered a simple thing that I that I teach when I take kids in the woods and go into um, the canoe trips. And that's, you know, the five P's prior planning prevents poor performance. And um, many, many uh, tasks and challenges and events that we are confronted with in life can be conquered in advance by prior planning. So. um This young man, who was learning disabled, he was in special education. He had a very poor uh, academic record, and he was in fact uh, in trouble with the law when I first met him. And he went on to become a United States Army sergeant and uh, had a twenty-year career. And he told me the first thing he did when he went to boot camp was to go up to his officer and and volunteer to do extra work and he did and uh wow. everybody everybody was amazed and he volunteered to whitewash the huts that uh advanced infantry training people spend in the state of washington interestingly enough that's where i did my outward bond was the state of washington and his sergeant never forgot that his training sergeant and he put him in leadership positions of course he had earned his way there but I mean, he put him in leadership positions following that experience.
0: Wow! And twenty
1: and twenty-two years later, he came back from Germany and found me at the high school and told me about the five P's. So you know, these are just Mm. events that people uh, can incorporate into their into their careers into their lives. But I think that um, the message that we learned from Kurt Hahn. the creator about rebound, um, do he he had a dislike for sitting and being lectured to and sitting in a classroom. And he felt that you could learn, and he established a school before World War II, learning outdoors, learning by doing. And uh that's also you know the approach that's used in the learning schools, uh, leader outdoor leadership training, and then outward. bound.
0: Mm, okay, so so you've talked about some things that your students remembered, they held on to. You were inspired by teachers; they were inspired by a teacher. When you're thinking about homeschooling families and some of the lessons that we can be thinking about, that we can be kind of targeting when we take our boys into the outdoors, what are some lessons that they experience? Through the outdoors, that we can start to think about when we're planning for their development,
1: encourage and structure events that require courage, that require the development of courage. And I say that because courage is really, in, in my book, the the queen of all virtues that we learn about. You know, justice, justice and and prudence. Um, And, you know, from Plato through St. Augustine and uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, we learn about all of these virtues that are necessary for success in life, real success. But you don't actualize those without that one kernel, uh, and that's that's courage. And again, back to the, the fact that You know, you have to be willing to risk, you have to be willing to dare, you have to be willing to fail. It takes courage to try and Mm -hmm. to realize that you might fail. Well, so what? A whole lot of folks have failed. And uh, that's how we have inventions. That's how we have progress in life is by failure. And yet you persevere. So. You know, I, I think of one uh, one individual, uh, again, that was very inspirational for me to learn about is uh, is a priest, uh, a chaplain in the United States Army. His name was Father Emil Capon. I think about him weekly. Um, Father Emil Capone was uh, with the U.S. Army in Korea, and his unit was overrun by the Chinese communists, and uh, there were wounded men around. And even before this event, even before his unit was overrun in another battle, he had gone out under fire uh, and rescued uh, a wounded man who would have been, you know, incarcerated and properly killed by the Chinese communists. um, And he brought him back to safety. And he didn't have to do that. Well, he won a medal for that. But when he was given a chance to. Evacuate with the rest of the unit because the Chinese communists were about to overwhelm them. He chose not to. He said, No, I'm going to stay here with the wounded men. Now, he knew full well what was going to happen to him as a POW with, you know, Chinese communists. And he nonetheless stuck with his men. That took a great deal of courage. And sure enough, he was physically abused starved brutalized he always made an effort to take care of his men his men never forgot that and at one point when the chinese communists again had conquered his unit an officer was going to shoot and kill a sergeant herb miller and he ran over pushed the chinese communists away with his weapon and picked up sergeant and saved him and for some reason the chinese didn't the communist didn't didn't shoot and kill him but his men never forgot that and that's the way he throughout his incarceration his life as a POW, he took care of his, of his men and the chinese communists totally resented that and so they they engineered his death they threw him in this uh starvation bunker they they and he knew Once once you went to this one particular uh, incarceration hut, uh, you were going to die. And his men started to resist that. And he said, no, don't worry Uh, where I'm going. uh, I'll continue to pray for you. And I know where I'm going. So, I mean, that's courage. That's perseverance. And he won the, the Medal of Honor. Father Emil Capon won the Medal of Honor. Well, that's what I mean about the queen of virtues. Courage. You have to have courage to actualize the other virtues. And perseverance. I mean, he was starved. He was cold and freezing like the rest of the soldiers. But he continued. And he persevered. And no doubt, you know, his, his faith, his commitment, to others, was was rooted in um, his Catholic training and education, um, and I always think of uh, you know my favorite. Uh, I pray the rosary every day, mm-hmm. uh, but w- one of my favorites uh, is I, I find myself most frequently uh, praying um, the Agony in the Garden, um, and. Uh, sorrowful mystery, the first sorrowful mystery for some reason really captivates my attention because Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. He knew. And also, talk about perseverance. Now, he got up and went and asked for help. You know, he had a, a human side, he was looking for help some psychological support from his own disciples. And what were they had fallen asleep? And, you know, the agony in the garden is, is even more intense for when you think about Jesus, who had the power to vanquish any adversary. Father Emil Capone didn't have that power. He persevered. But Jesus actually had the power to conquer the Romans. But he chose, instead, to be crucified and to save us. Now, you know, the message of love is very apparent there. But also, you know, the courage to face and to know full well what was coming to him. The human human side of this suffering has been well described. But, you know, Jesus' suffering was, was immense. So I, I would say, you know, keep keep in mind that uh, courage and perseverance uh, are are the way to actualize the other virtues in life that are, are going to stand you well and help you make progress.
0: Mm. Okay, thank you, Michael. We're going to just take a quick break here to hear from our sponsor, and we will be right back. Everybody with Michael Boucher, don't go away.
1: Hi, I'm Walter Crawford.
0: And I'm Maureen Whitman.
1: We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast,
0: which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively.
1: We want to thank you for listening.
0: And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com.
1: And now back to our program.
0: All right, everybody, we are back with Michael Boucher, an author and an outdoorsman, uh, just having a wonderful deep conversation about building leadership in boys through the outdoors. And we've had some inspiring examples. I'm rereading The Hobbit right now, and I can't help thinking about how often he wishes to be back in his, the comforts of his home. But what's happening is that he's experiencing a lot of discomfort, a lot of challenge, and he's discovering things within himself. Um, so would you take us, Michael, into some specific things that we can do with our boys to challenge and stretch them into these beautiful virtues?
1: Surely. Um, one of the experiences um, that I I highly recommend is to obviously go and do delightful places to go and to learn and to be, and you can you can actually time it so that you you go on guided hikes and that um, under the guidance of, of a ranger. Um, but mountain climbing uh, is definitely uh, one of the sources of, uh, of challenge, or a great source of challenge. Hiking, uh, and then <clears throat> I can share. I mean, I give you an example of of climbing when I was uh, when I was on Outward bound. I had both. Uh, yeah, uh, I had, I I was very very challenged and failed uh, immensely in in one uh, experience with uh, the courage component, and uh, and that was we were doing three one hundred and twenty foot climbs. On the second climb, you're on a ledge and awaiting the rope uh, to hook in. Without that rope, you can fall down several hundred feet. I was waiting for the rope to come over, and it came over, I hooked in, and the instructor's on the top, looking down. And so as I um, started up, to the left was handholds and footholds. Those are places where a mountain climber can gain support and conquer the gravity and pull oneself up and make progress. On the right-hand side was a bald rock. I mean, bald and no place to hang, to hide, to, to grasp, and it was uh, it was a challenge. So the instructor said, uh, "Well, Mike, you know you can do it on the left. Try it on the right. Try something you haven't done before. It's not been done." There were three other. We were on ten-man patrols, so three other men had already gone up the left side. So he's challenged me to go up the right side, the bald side and so i tried i uh i got up uh right about the top of that bald rock and i fell all the way back down now you know this is you're being belayed you have a rope you're attached to person on the top has to stop you from falling that's called belaying and he stopped me and i banged around a little bit i wasn't hurt but i was you know bruised up a little and then so i had to start back you got to get to the top of the mountain right So the instructor said, uh, go on, try it again. And I said, no, (laughs) (laughs) I took the left side and I got to the top and the instructor, Mr. Hinckley, looked at me and he smiled and he knew uh, that I just didn't have the courage to go back at that and and try it again and and fall. I was very fearful of that. Um, But. That's one of the examples of knowing that um, you you should try to challenge yourself and you should try. And there were other things that I did. I I later on, I actually saved a man from falling off the mountain um, on a scree slope, which was another effort. Uh, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but he was falling down from uh, about 100 feet above me and going right over a cliff. And so I had to anchor myself. Uh, I anchored my my right foot and my my right hand, and I was not I was not roped, so you know he could easily have pulled me over too. But I anchored myself, and he came tumbling by, and I grabbed his pack, and I arrested his fall. Now that was something I would not probably have done. Certainly, you know, when I started Albert It's a 28-day course. Um, but with the inspiration and guidance and direction of that instructor, Dan Hinckley, that I made reference to, um, you know, I was willing to try it. Um, and obviously, <laughs> had a good result for my buddy. Uh, but it was something that I certainly, when I look back on it, when I look, you know, and, and they ask you, they, they're they always evaluating you on out with that. You know, would you have done this before? And the answer was, you know, no, I wouldn't have. Um, so that failure event back at that three 120 foot climb where I chose not to do the bald rock, you know, it actually taught me something, too. And also given me, you know, that. Impetus to try and know that I could fail.
0: Mm, Yeah, so good, so good. So much of our society is about publicly winning and comparisons and one-upping each other, but to understand that key, that we learn so much from our failures, often more than our successes. Michael, I'd like you to just take a couple of minutes. We read the description of your new book, The Snipe Hunter's Deadly Catch at Muskrat creek and we know it's about teens and outdoor skills and and learning virtue what would you like the impact of this story to be um and say anything you like about how we might use this book with our kids in our homeschools
1: well the origin of the book is really a a victory story um it it originates from um a student I was counseling and there was a killing in his family and he had uh, a terrible, understandable, but terrible response to it. He perpetrated an act of, uh, of arson and he got incarcerated. And, um, and many of us, not only at Catholic family service where I was working, but also even state police and the sheriff and so on. And he was, uh, felt that he was, uh, not well served by the uh, law enforcement system. I never forgot that story. And he went, uh, he went, he went away for, um, he went away. I ended up going on to, uh, to graduate school. Uh, and um, I got a call back from the director of the agency saying that I had a package that I had to open. And, uh, <clears throat> I had to come back uh, over 120 miles to the agency and, and open it. And it was a gift. It was a, a, a drawing, a painting done by this particular student. And I never forgot that. So it was 40 years later that I decided to, to tell his story. And uh, he was uh, he was indelibly imprinted on my mind. So I took training, of course. I, I went to uh, a number of uh, uh, classes and semesters in, in creative writing and And, uh, I, I told his story and I told his story based on, um, you know, a a delightful area that uh, is in Michigan, the Asaba river. And, uh, it's, uh, it's an award-winning, uh, (laughs) stream as well. Uh, but there's a lot of neat activities around, um, you know, that, that river and the entire part of of Michigan that, that I write about. And, um, and there's other stories embedded within that, uh, book that uh allow for students and for readers uh, to enjoy as well as as to profit from so uh, I, th- I think the book uh will have an appeal to um certainly the outdoorsmen and people who enjoy uh, a challenge and adventure that's in there as well um but also, two of my uh, students uh, have, have something that uh, is, is the path, pathway to victory, victory in life. And that's the rosary. And that's uh, rooted in praying the rosary. And that actually is, is rooted in my own experience. Uh, my, my father, who died when I was 12, I learned decades later that he took the rosary into the foxholes of the South Pacific World War II battling the japanese and he um he never spoke to me about this i learned about this uh through letters he wrote he was quite a prodigious letter writer and i got those letters when i was like uh four 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 or five decades later i got wow. those letters and uh he tells the story in there and uh he he was in uh, hand-to-hand combat he he landed at lady beach where the famous Jug- douglas MacArthur. Uh, strode ashore. Well, my father was the, his unit cleared the beach that General Douglas MacArthur went ashore on. Wow. Um And so, um, there, there, my mother, um, you know, she, she died as she lived. She literally died as she lived. She had the rosary in her hand when she died at age ninety-seven. And God she had her. taught, she had taught the rosary to people in her. Old age home, the uh, rest home that she, you know, stayed in. There are several people who never heard the word Jesus Christ until, uh, you know, talking to my mom. And they were always wondering about what's this thing in your hand? What's this rosary all about? Well, when I went to her funeral, which was, you know, this was 400 miles away from my home and uh, I didn't know any of those people, Um, they came to her funeral. People on the on the staff came to her funeral, they were impacted by her sharing of the rosary and her incorporation of her faith into her life. So both my father and my mother had uh these experiences. Uh and again, my mom was uh, you know, she taught us the rosary, she showed us the rosary. Um, but she was in no way, you know, pedantic about um the rosary or or having other people see her pray the rosary she was pretty quiet about it but it had an impact on her life and of course my father's life as well so one of the characters in my book uh, also (laughs) does the teaching thing now he's not you know uh, a boy scout in in terms of uh, uh, virtues he makes mistakes like the rest of us but uh he acknowledges the need
0: Mm. and what would you say is the best age range for your book michael who should read it
1: i I would say mid-high school through college
0: okay very good good to know and uh michael i'm just so touched that you brought it around to the rosary and the example of your parents there's so much that goes into making up our character Um, as we're wrapping up what's a final thought that you'd like to leave with our listeners
1: Well, I'm very inspired by uh, several people in um, the Archdiocese of Detroit um, who incorporate um, their faith in their life. And they teach in in a way that's uh, uh, very meaningful. Uh, Father John Ricardo is uh, one very gifted um, orator. His homilies are are definitely um, able to take the gospel and as I as I call it um you, you know you take the gospel and you put legs under it and um that that's sort of way part of what inspired me to go to um Armenia uh and serve on uh, Habitat for humanity uh teams and build a home in the mountains of Rechnazor Armenia. Um you know Matthew twenty five that whole last chapter chapter twenty-five is is about what I call putting legs under the gospel. Uh, Jesus talks about you know the sheep and the goats, and uh, if you're going to get to heaven, you want to be a sheep, <laughs> you don't want to be a goat. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and, and, the,
1: and the way you do that is you re, you remember, uh, you remember the poor, you remember the hungry, you remember those who are in prison, and uh, and the homeless, and you you feed and clothe and help out your fellow man. So um, I, I would say that a number of the um, people that I've been exposed to at uh, St. John's Armenian Church and Holy Family at the Archdiocese of Detroit, um, they've, they've inspired that concept of putting legs under the gospel. Mm,
0: wonderful. So beautiful to to think of it in those terms, putting legs on it, that we can walk out our faith. Everybody, Michael's been gracious enough to include his email in the show notes. That's mikecanoe at aol.com, and canoe is spelled with a K. Uh, have that in the show notes. Also the link to his wonderful new book, The Snipe Hunter's Deadly Catch at Muskrat Creek. And again, that's for high school, middle high school through college age. Um, I'll also include a couple of other things in the show notes, uh, just for your convenience about Outward Bound and a couple of other things, um, but just want to really thank you, Michael. We, I, I, Because I had COVID and lots of other things happened, it took a lot to get us to this moment to have this conversation and Michael has been saintly in his patience with me. So I want to thank you with all my heart, Michael, for your in- incredible generosity and kindness.
1: I would like to say in my defense uh, as a as a former uh, college instructor, uh, I do know how to spell canoe. <laughs> I, I I chose to spell it with a K in in order to get that domain name. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> sounds good. No, it's awesome. It's totally fine. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this really lovely and deep conversation about how the outdoors can help our boys really grow in virtue. Um, thanks, big thanks to Michael Boucher, and we hope you'll all join us next time at Homeschooling Saints. God bless you.